listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Great deal going on right now there. You throw down $1 on any NFL game for new customers only. And guess what? If either team scores, you get $100 in free plays. It's that simple. Check it out. DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. And very fortunate enough to be joined by the voice of the Wildcats, a guy that I certainly grew up listening to and still listen to this day, Mr. Brian Jeffries. Brian, thanks so much for hopping on, my man. I appreciate this a lot. Mike, I'm always glad to join you. I congratulate you on your new venture, and I'm looking forward to the parting gifts in the mail. You will absolutely get those. Don't worry. <laughs> For sure. And as we talked about, swag as well. Uh, swag, that's all I take is swag. No cash, swag only. <laughs> Just pure swag. Okay, Brian, it's funny. So I'm listening to the call last night, and uh, I'm on my uh, second half, my way home to get ready for the post game, And just listening to the game, watching the game, this feels, and again, I want to be careful here, but this feels very eerily similar, the way that this team, this Arizona Wildcat team hits runs, the way that it did kind of during the heyday of loot where, you know what, if you went up to take a shower or something before the half and you come back and it's a three-point game, you come back and it's a 16-point game, just like that. It's something that we haven't seen in a while, even though we've had some really good teams here since then. Well, I would agree, Mike, and I think uh, a lot of it has to do with simply the style that Tommy Lloyd and his staff have instilled uh, or installed in the team this year, and it's more of an up-down uh, atmosphere, uh, more of an up-down game plan, and because of that, and with the talent they've had and the fact that all the players have quote-unquote bought into the system, you know, they've made it uh, a team that is exciting to watch, and they can get on those runs at uh, an instant notice. I think a lot of it has to do with their ability to get the ball off the glass, get the ball down the court, find their open teammates. There's a reason Arizona leads the nation in assists because they love to share the ball. And you put all those things together, and you can see why they're 8-0 right now. And I know they've got some you know tougher games ahead of them, but at the same time, they're playing with supreme confidence right now. The chemistry is outstanding, and, and they're going to get better, which uh, might be scary for their future opponents. You know what amazes me, too, about this team? It's very rare, and you got to give Sean Miller certainly some credit here for the roster that uh, Tommy Lloyd inherited. But watching this team... And I'm curious at your take. Physically, they look the part across the board. You got 7-1-6-10-6-6-6-5-6-2. This is a team that physically and from a height perspective takes a back seat to basically nobody. Well, length and, and speed are two ingredients that uh, are very valuable in college basketball or probably pro basketball as well. And yeah, the Wildcats have that. And uh, their athletic ability, I think, is certainly one of their strengths. And that's why when we talk about them being able to get the ball up and down the court, they can do that. They've all got great, great court vision. And I think the other thing that falls into this, uh, Mike, is the fact that and it's one thing I noticed that Tommy Lloyd started teaching this past summer, the first time he had a chance to get with these guys in one-on-one -on -one drills or whatever, is ball handling skills. The fact that he wants everybody on the team, maybe with the exception of Coloco and Balo, that uh, if they get the ball off the glass, they need to push it up the court. They don't have to look for Kirk Creaser. They don't have to look for Dalen Terry. They don't have to look for Justin Kyer. If uh, if they've got the ability to put the ball on the, the court and move it up, they're going to take it. And I think that's one thing that's helped fuel the fast break. You saw Zulus Tabellis do that. And we've seen it before where right. you know, he, he can go coast to coast at six foot 10. And that's a heck of a talent to have. But that's one thing that this, this staff has really wanted this team to be able to do is if you're going to move the ball up the court quickly, everyone's got to be able to handle it in some sense. 
You know, it's funny. I was uh, was fortunate enough. Doug Gottlieb asked me to be on a couple weeks ago on his show and or on his podcast, and he we were talking a little bit about Christian Coloco. And I felt I kind of froze up because he asked me, you know, if I had seen anybody at Arizona that had, you know, that had made that kind of transformation. And, you know, I'm thinking like, you know, the Jordan Hills of the world that come in they're raw, but by the time they're a junior, they're really good. But I hadn't, the only guy that I could really think of that made this kind of transformation, maybe in this quick a time was maybe even an AJ Bramlett. And that you remember, you know, when Arizona won the national title that, you know, be, the beginning of the season, there was a lot of questions early on about him and Donnell and, you know, how exactly was the big uh, the center going to hold the team back. And then by the NCAA tournament, he's the best big man in the tournament. I feel watching that, it's a little bit like that with Coloco in that you kind of go from being a role player to now, Brian, he's just a difference maker in every sense of the word on both sides of the ball. I guess my question for this is, did you see this kind of transformation coming, being that you get to see them up close? Well, not that quickly, Mike. I mean, watching him the last couple of years, we knew that he had the he was blessed with great length, uh, the ability to run the court, but I think he lacked confidence. He lacked some strength. And so he's done two things during the offseason. And, Mike, we need to go back maybe prior to last season. Remember, the whole COVID thing, I yeah. mean, affected a lot of the guys. And I think maybe Christian Coloco more than anybody where he didn't have that summer where he was able to do what you'd hope to do between your freshman and sophomore years. And so now he's had that summer in order to change his body. And he's followed everything that he's been asked to do by Chris Rounds. And so the, the muscle is there, the strength. Uh, but I think more importantly than that is the confidence. And I'm going to go back to what the coaching staff has done for this team, and maybe Christian in particular, that they've made him believe, and he should believe, that mm -hmm. seven feet tall – that he's an outstanding basketball player. There was a game earlier this season, and uh, Tommy Lloyd just happened to mention to me that he uh, he likes to he's really into the mental game, trying to bulk up these guys from a, a psychological viewpoint. But anyway, before one of the games, it was real early in the season. He had texted Christian Coloco the afternoon in the game and just said, "You're going to be the best player on the court tonight." That's all he said. Right. And it's little things like that. I think that have infused that confidence in Christian. So we knew he had, he, he's changed his body. Now he has the, the physical talent to do it. Now he has the, the mental talent to do it. And because of his size and his length, and I think just his innate ability to play the game of basketball, we've seen a tremendous transformation. And I think as Tommy said yesterday, you know, defensively now he's the goalie, he's the backstop. And uh, the, the guy can do so many things, both defensively and offensively, that he's really become a weapon. You know, it's funny. I was actually I was sitting right next to you I was, uh, at the press conference when Tommy Lloyd was talking about Christian Coloco. And he said, I think that this guy can be an all conference caliber player this year. There was the preseason and that I immediately jotted that down because for two reasons, first of all, you, it's not something that I expected per se. And it's also not something that, you know, a, generally a coach says without being fairly sure about at least the possibility of what he's saying. And coach has been Nostradamus on this one. I mean, this is uh, what you're watching out there right now is a guy that impacts on both sides. And I think you hit the nail on the head with the goalie part and that they're able to take chances on the perimeter now, because guess what? We've got a seven foot one guy back there that can erase it. A la Lauren Woods, a guy like that. And how many times have we seen already this season, Mike, where teams, it, it might take them a few possessions, but they find out that if they get the ball in the paint, 
and uh, they're not seven feet tall, the chances of them getting you know a good look at the basket are pretty slim. And we've seen teams trying to shoot over him, trying to shoot around him. Uh, but he's become such a defensive weapon that it's made it very difficult for opponents to use a lot of their inside game that maybe they can do, you know, succeed against other teams. So, you know, I, I don't know if Tommy Lloyd is surprised to be 8-0 and right now, but he knew not too long after this team got together that they had the talent, you know, to do some really good things this year. And to go back to what you said initially, you know, Sean Miller gets needs a lot of credit here. He recruited the starting lineup. It's been on the floor for all five games or all eight games so far this season. And uh, now those guys have all grown. And, and keep in mind, you know, take a look at how many of them were freshmen last year right. and now just in their sophomore season. So they've all made that step up now and they're all playing with confidence and they're all having fun. Ben Matherin is a guy that's been on Sports Center highlights now for about the last three games. It seems that he's basically living there. Um, I messaged you last year, and I said that I thought he had a little bit of Michael Dickerson in him, and um, in just kind of the the way that he could shoot, kind of the one the one dribble pull up, the explosion. But every single game, he brings something a little bit different that I don't even know if there is quite a natural comparison to him. And that's amazing to say, considering all the wings that we've been fortunate enough to watch over the years from, you know, obviously Sean to Chris Mills to Richard, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think Ben's learned a lot. Uh, I think his ceiling might be higher than anybody on the team. You know, mm -hmm. Again, he's blessed with incredible physical talent, a great sense for the game. And I just think he's just learning really what he is capable of doing. You know, last season he got a lock, kind of got a locked into those corner shots and didn't put the ball on the floor as much uh, that he is this season. He, he's learned different parts of the game. I think he's understanding now really how physically talented he is. And maybe some guys it takes a while to to get that through their head that look at what I can do and they don't they don't realize it. And maybe again it's a confidence factor. But I he's he's probably pound profound the 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 most gifted player on the team there's a reason he's leading the team in in scoring but i just like the fact that we see more variety out of him this year yeah. and he's learning to do different things and that's only going to make him better what's also exciting too about this team is that they all seem to feed off of each other and they're a lot deeper than i gave them credit for i mean i thought going into this year that you would probably had five proven guys or you know between you know ben matherin ajulis um guys like that but there were a lot of question marks. But when I look at this team now, Brian, they legitimately can go nine deep. And nine, not nine deep where there's one guy out there that's just kind of out there. Nine deep where everybody is impactful. And that's not, and that includes a guy like Pella Larson, who is still coming back from injury. But I think he's only scratching the surface of what he can do. Oh, I, I definitely agree on Pella. I, I think great things are ahead for him. Uh, a lot of that, Mike, I think is that all of us were in the same boat here where we didn't know how Justin Kyer would transition to Arizona. We didn't know how Kim Aiken would transfer uh, or transition from playing in the big sky to the, the Pac-12. We didn't know about, you know, Pella Larson out for three months and how quickly he would recover. And, you know, we're seeing what they've been able to accomplish. Now, Kim Aiken was out last night and uh, out for personal reasons. So we see, we'll see what the future has to hold there. But you know, Pella's going to continue to get better. Uh, we know that. And I just, I, I love what Justin Kyer has added to the team yes. because I think one of the question marks going in 
maybe more so from those of us away from being on the court every day was who's going to back up Kirk Reese? Do, right. do the Wildcats have another point guard? Well, they do. I mean, Justin Kyra's proven that. And then Dalen Terry's ability to distribute, I think, has been one of the, the huge factors in the team's success so far. And so they, they've got depth. Um, I also think that uh, Balo, when yes. you looked at his stats from Gonzaga, you thought, well, okay, he, you know, give him a couple minutes every night and you'll give Coloco a breather. Well, now we find out just to see how much he's grown that, no, now you can put him on the court and he's going to affect the game. You know, he still gets into foul trouble occasionally and he's got to learn how to use his body, but he is extremely valuable because of his his sheer bulk inside. And I think, you know, he's really going to turn out to be an outstanding player before it's over. He's a guy too that, and I, I had no clue what to expect. Now, I think a lot of people, including myself, probably fell into it. Well, he didn't play much at Gonzaga. Well, you also got to remember that Gonzaga is the number one program in the nation right now or right up there. So um, the one thing though, Brian, that I look at it and I say, you know what? If he is the starter as a junior and a senior or as just a senior, I am more than comfortable with him in that role. He's shown me that he can be an impactful player on both. So he's been a very pleasant surprise in that regard. Well, you know, again, he's big, he's strong. Yeah. And as he continues to learn the game and I think control his body at his size. Yeah. I mean, right. uh, Arizona's playing against Kofi Coburn. This mm-hmm. You remember a couple of years ago when Kofi played at McHale oh, yeah. Center as a, a freshman. And I can I look at those two guys, and I know that uh, that Balo is not 285 pounds or whatever, and he's not quite seven feet tall. But I also see you know what I saw in Coburn a couple of years ago, where he hadn't quite learned how to use his body, and now he has. I think uh, Umar Balo is going to be in that same that same spot here in another year or two. What's also exciting for me is you know I, I came up in like basically from the Chris Mills, New Orleans game on, I've been able to watch every game. Um, But growing up, it was always Arizona and UCLA. That was really, you know, Jim Herrick, Lute Olson. And generally those were the only games, even though Lute got the best of him for sure, that I felt that, you know, Arizona might be at a slight talent differential, even though, you know, in that slight talent differential, you got 94 final four, 97 national title, et cetera. It feels like it's back though. And again, they haven't played yet, but under Mick Cronin, it looks like UCLA is going to be here for the long haul. Tommy Lloyd's got much of the same vibe. And Brian, it's great if Oregon's good. It's great if USC's good. But if both of these programs right here are spearheading what we're seeing, it almost is kind of a return to glory for the conference. Well, it is. And, you know, Mike, I have, I will be honest with you, I have a little bit of a problem with uh, this whole outlook of, and let's talk about football for just a second. Mm-hmm. That if USC's football program is strong, it's great for the Pac-12. Right. I don't like that message. Uh, that's fine if, if they're really good. You know, that's that's their deal. But I don't like the message telling the other eleven teams that hey, we need USC to be good to make the conference better. Or right. in basketball, we need UCLA to be really good to make the conference better. I I don't buy into that. Uh, I, I guess from a historic viewpoint, you know, those are when you look at in basketball, what UCLA and Arizona have certainly done over the years. I mean, yeah, they've been the two best programs You throw Stanford in there. And then, you know, what Oregon's done lately, but I just don't buy into the fact that they have to be good to carry the conference. Uh, I just think that if you've got good coaches, well, Tommy Lloyd's turned out to be a very good coach. Matt Cronin's a proven coach. They've got the talent and that's great if, if they're good, but 
I don't want to shut out everybody else and say, I'm sorry, you can't be good because we need <laughs> these guys to have all the talent. You know right. what I mean? Right. Would you say, though, that it's easier for the national media? And I guess that's more of where I was going with it. It's easier for the national media to look away from the conference if those teams aren't good. Would you subscribe to that theory or or no? Oh, absolutely. Because, again, right. it goes with tradition. And UCLA and Arizona have the tradition. Stanford had it for a while. It went away and it's still gone. Oregon has been trying to get it. And I, I just don't know because of the strength of their football program if the basketball program will ever get to that level. Right. USC's an after. You know, I'm sorry. I mean, I know you know they've got a really nice team and everything, but they're they're an afterthought as far as basketball goes. They don't draw very well, and they just don't have that tradition on the basketball side to really be impactful. So yes, I agree that you know from a national perspective. UCLA and Arizona are the the flagship programs in the conference. They have been, and by all intent purposes right now, they will continue to. Now, when you watch this team, Brian, like just and again, this is it's early. We're you know we're we're eight games in. Does this feel like a does this feel like a team just watching them up close that can really do some damage come March? Is it too early to tell? What is kind of your what is kind of your eyesight telling you on that one? Well, I would say a couple things. Uh, one is they need to stay healthy, just like every team needs to stay healthy. We talk about depth, and it can quickly disappear. I mean, last night was a great example. So Kim Aiken's not available. And then Kirk Creasa limps off the floor. Then Pella Larson limps off the floor. And then all of a sudden, you're saying, okay, well, where's our depth? And that's how quickly it can change. So if they stay healthy, uh, they will have that depth come March. And you have to imagine that they're going to continue to get better. I mean, I fully believe that. I watch them in practice. I see what's going on every day in terms of what they're building. And and they're not there yet. I mean, they're not to the point where they feel this is a complete team. The coaches have so much more that they believe that they can draw out of this team in particular, some of the, the young guys that uh, they think are going to play a role here, a bigger role as the season goes on. Uh, but we'll also find out here, I think, more in the next month. So Arizona has not played the strongest schedule. We know that. I think the wins in Las Vegas were certainly quality wins, and and that should tell you a little bit about the potential of this team. Uh, playing at Illinois, playing at Tennessee, playing at UCLA and USC, when we get through that four games, we're going to know a lot more about this team. And it doesn't mean if they don't win them all that they're not going to be good in March. I just think right. that the, the, they need to face some more major tests here before we make a – conclusion however to answer your question mike yeah based on the talent i've seen on this team the coaching staff and what they're doing with this team and the damage they've done through eight games if they're playing like this or better come march they're going to be a threat to get to the final four i don't think there's any doubt about that and want to give a special shout out to DraftKings. they got a great deal going on right now here's what's going on if you throw down one dollar on an nfl game and either team scores you get $100 in free plays. It's not too good to be true. It is true. I know a lot of people that have done it. Again, this is for new customers only, DraftKings Sportsbook app, and it's really this simple. You say, okay, let's see. Who's playing? Uh, who's going to be playing this afternoon or who's going to be playing Sunday? Oh, I'm a Cardinals fan. So see who the Cardinals are playing, and guess what? Put down $1 on that game. Either team scores, you get 100 and you can do with that what you want to do with it. You can turn that into a hundred dollar. You can turn that into bets on you know 
uh, NFL, NBA, whatever the case may be. It's really that simple. It's that fun. You get a little bit of skin in the game as well. And the DraftKings Sportsbook app is here to stay. And it's easy. It's easy to navigate. I can do it. John Schuster can do it. Anybody out there can do it. Hop on. You got some great deals going on right there. DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. All right, Brian, before we let you go, I wanted to switch over to a women's basketball real quick. Um, this is what what we've seen with Adia Barnes to me is this was a big year in just one regard in that last year was really the year when the national media centered in on what Arizona women's basketball was building. And I think a lot of it was because of the fascination with Ari McDonald. What Adia Barnes has shown this year is to me just as impressive, if, if not more, and that this is now a program. This isn't just a one player, you know, uh, a shot in the dark. This is a team that isn't going anywhere. And watching this just kind of the way that she's built it to now, Brian, it feels like Arizona fans are going to be in for a treat for a long time watching Adia Barnes and the ladies out there. Well, she's an incredible coach. Uh, that's number one. And just uh, watching how she recruits, how she deals with the players, how she teaches the players. Um, yes, they're going to be strong for a long time to come. So, Mike, let's go back in, in history, which you love to do. Mm -hmm. So, Sean Elliott was kind of the guy that launched Arizona men's basketball. Would you right. agree with that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Harry McDonald has done the same thing. Mm -hmm. And so, once those two leave the program, the, the program's going to go one of two directions. Either the coach, in the case of the men, Lute Olson, or the women, Adia Barnes, will use that to, to build now a, a core and take the, the program to greater heights, or they'll go the other way. Well, I think uh, we've seen now that, uh, you know, Adia has followed the same path that Lute did with Sean Elliott, where Sean Elliott kind of set the standard and got the ball rolling, so to speak. Ari's done the same thing now for the women's team. And now Adia has been able to recruit high-level talent. Uh, not only as freshmen, but as transfers that have come in. And now they're extremely deep and uh, it's going to continue to get better and better. I mean, they're, you know, I, I'm not going to be shocked if they win a national championship at some point down the road. It's tough to do that. It's tough just to get there. But I think she's got the the mindset, let's put it that way, and the, the coaching talent to get it done. I, I'll never forget, there was a quote, and I'm going to paraphrase it here from Khalid Reeves, and I can't remember exactly what he was saying, but, you know, Khalid Reeves was a, he was a little bit different at that time. McDonald's All-American out of Christ the King, New York City, and there was, it was something about how he said that, you know, watching the Arizona team in 88, watching in 89, even when they lost in the Sweet 16, how they just, they ran and they just kind of imposed their will on teams was something that he wanted to be a part of. And I almost feel like with all of these uh, young women that uh, Adia Barnes is bringing in now, you know, Amaya Naji, that, you know, it's, it's kind of like with Sean Elliott, like you just said, where Ari McDonald kind of set the table for what you can be here. Now hop on here because we got a top 10 program. Yeah. And that that has started now for the women's program. And I think it's kind of reset for the men, because let's be honest, I mean, the last couple of years, you know, there's been some issues that have. I think deflected from you know what has gone on here historically, uh, but now Tommy Lloyd has reset the program, and with his style of play, yeah, recruits are looking at that saying, "Hey, I want to play this." I remember talking to Kirk Creesa before the season started, 
And I'd only seen them in practice settings. And, and when you're playing inter-squad games, you really don't get, a, I think, a great sense. And I just said, well, tell me, you know, what has Tommy Lloyd instilled in this program? What, what do you see? And he goes, Euroball. And I mm -hmm. just looked at him and said, what? He says, Euroball. He says, that's what we're playing. And that's what we grew up playing. So you take a look at the international players on this roster, starting with Kerr and Azulis and, and Christian Coloco and et cetera. These guys, I'll throw Ben Matherin because he's Canadian. We can right. call him international, right? right. They, they have played this style of basketball growing up, and they love it. And and you see, that's why they're 8-0. One of the reasons they're 8-0 right now is the style that Tommy has brought in is exactly what these guys love to play. And, and now the recruits see that, and they go, yeah, that's yeah, I want to be part of that. And so it's going to be – I'm not going to say it's going to be an easy rebuild, if you want to call that, or reload – for Tommy, but uh, to follow up on, on, on what you mentioned there, I think both from the men's and women's programs, because of the style that they're playing and the recruits are seeing that they want to be part of it. Now, what do you think about the term Eurozona? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can use that now and um, you never know what, what's down the road. I mean, Tommy says, yeah, we're going to continue to recruit internationally because there's a lot of good players out there. And because of the guys that they've had, and it's not just this class, remember, this has been nothing new. Dusan Ristich has been a great recruiting tool for Arizona. He does nothing but you know talk about his his days at the U of A, mm -hmm. and uh, believe me, other guys hear that and so on. So they will continue to recruit internationally, but that doesn't mean they're going to ignore you know the lower forty eight and what goes on here. They're going to find the best they can there too. And so uh, I, I just think that it's it's set up right now to get things back kind of where they were, so to speak. I mean, you know, I, like I said, we've had a little bit of a dip here uh, because of some issues, you know, yeah, off the right. court mainly, but uh, it, it looks to be headed back in the right direction. And Brian, before we let you go, I want to, uh, uh, we've had, uh, we've had Brody Dryden on quite a bit um, talking some Arizona women's basketball. And I just wanted to compliment both uh, you on the men's side and Brody on the women's side right there, because I think you guys are doing an amazing job and, you know, Brody was a very good addition for all of you. Want to give you guys some kudos on that. Well, you know, uh, I'd like to say that he's listened to his dad over the years. and, and Oh, he's he picked up a lot. But, uh, you know, I've, I've kind of stayed at an arm's length there and let him, you know, grow on his own. And so I'm very proud of what he's done. I think he's got a great future. Uh, this is just the start for him. And he's learning. He, he, once you get into it, it's one thing to do it you know, as a student. It's another thing when you're on your own and uh, you're going to Sioux Falls, South Dakota or the Virgin Islands or wherever they're going to head and, and dealing with it uh, as a you know single broadcaster. Uh, he's learning quickly, and uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to what the future has to hold. One of the first times I talked with him, and I, I told a couple people after, and I said, you know, I don't know a ton about him yet, but I said this kid's going to be big time, and he's certainly – he's. He, he's out there. And again, Brian, it's just a uh, congratulations to you both because it's just, it's a privilege to be able to listen to both of you. So I well, appreciate well, it. Thanks Mike. And uh, he's big time because he's big. It's funny. I, every time I'm standing next to him, I'm always want to say, Brody, are you still growing? <laughs> like it, it's crazy. Well, his parents are tall, but you know, his older sister is uh quote unquote normal. I what mean, size wise. Right, right, right. And so uh, we don't know what happened there. But uh, anyway, it's worked out well for him.
for sure. Brian, thank you again for coming on, my man. We'd love to have you on again in the future. It's always a privilege. Mike, great to talk to you. Keep up the great work. Thanks. Appreciate it. That's Brian Jeffries right there. And honestly, uh, you know, I'm just super privileged to be able to have a guy like Brian on here. He's, you know, he's as good as they come. Um, You know, been listening to him for the last, gosh, I don't know. I don't want to date myself right here, but about 27 years older, well, probably longer than Jacob's been alive there in the uh, corner screen right there. But um, as always, shows brought to you by DraftKings. Here's the deal. You throw down $1 and on an NFL game for new customers only. And guess what? If either team scores, you get $100 in free plays. It's that simple. Guess what? One team's probably going to score. Then you get $100 to be able to do what you want, when you want with everything. Now, as always, eligibility restrictions do apply. This is Arizona only, 21 and up. If you got a gambling issue, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. They'll get you taken care of right there. Again, DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. Check out everything they got going on there. You might want to take the over on some Arizona basketball games right now because, quite frankly, the way that uh, Arizona's getting up and down the court, you might there's probably something there. So, And the great thing, too, about here at the AZ Wildcats podcast is that we get some really, really good guests. We had Brian. We've had Dave Heakey. We're going to have Brody Dryden on tomorrow talking about some Arizona women's basketball, as we just talked about. And this isn't really possible without any of you, without all of you out there. You know, the feedback's been tremendous. And I just can't thank all of you enough for all of this. It's been a it's been a real privilege. And check out GoPHNX. They got you covered everywhere from the Suns to the Diamondbacks to the Coyotes to the Sun Devils. I'm going to be hopping on the uh, ASU postgame show tonight, which I'm very excited about. Shout out to Shane right there, my guy. So we will, I'll be back with you all. I'll be with you here tonight. We'll send out the link, but I'll be back with you uh, tomorrow with Brody Dryden uh, talking some Arizona women's basketball at 1030 sharp for Brian Jeffries, Jacob Franklin back there, making me, uh, making me look cooler than I should. Um, Appreciate all you guys. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.